What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Bulls make a signing on the first day of free agency, signing free agent point guard Javon Carter. And we're going to talk about that signing, what it means, him and Kobe White, uh, who's returning to the team. We're going to kind of look at the Bulls' remaining salary cap uh, outlook heading into the rest of free agency. We're going to do all that, plus the mailbag, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes. You can also follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform that we're on. But let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So the Bulls made a couple of day one signings, one being a re-signing of Kobe White to a three-year, $33 million deal with $7 million in incentives. His initial base salary is going to be $10.1 million, which we've kind of already talked about. That saves the Bulls considerable money as far as using their full mid-level exception and biannual exception. And I think that that's a fair deal for Kobe White. I said we're going to talk about the details as they came out. The $7 million of incentives part is the biggest part of that. That can push that contract up to being three years, $40 million. But the thing with that is, is that it motivates Kobe to continue his progress. And I actually like this as a smart move by Arturis Karnasova and Mark Eversley only because, yes, Kobe had a lot of improvements he made last season. Now, his shooting and scoring, which he initially was, you know, heralded as coming into the NBA, didn't necessarily, wasn't as consistent throughout the season. Yeah, it became a little bit more consistent in the play-in and at the end of the season, but we don't know exactly what those incentives are. I'm sure they're health-based, game-play incentives, things like that. It just motivates Kobe, and I think it, it still, you know, puts him in a position where he still realizes he has to improve. Now, the other day one signing that the Chicago Bulls made was Javon Carter. At three years, $20 million, his initial base salary would be $6.3 million, which more than likely is going to be um, with the mid-level exception. So you can take 6.3 out of that $12.4 million exception, which leaves the Chicago Bulls $6.1 million to use with that mid-level exception, which we'll talk about here in a second. But that is that is ultimately what they signed Javon Carter for. And what they get in Javon Carter is one of the best point-of-attack defenders in the league. And that's, again, that is, I know there are a lot of Bulls fans that feel, you know, that are trying to figure out how they feel about it. A lot of Bulls fans have already labeled this a, a bust of a signing by the Chicago Bulls. But when you look at Javon Carter, yeah, the raw numbers are nothing spectacular at all. Eight points per game last season, 2.5 rebounds, 2.4 assists. But the thing that I'm going to compare it to is with Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly last season, his average is 6.2 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, 2.9 assists on 40% shooting was Patrick Beverly's overall numbers last year. Javon Carter, 2.4 assists and 42.3% shooting with that. Yes, volume's a little bit different, but the key thing when it comes to Javon Carter is 42% three-point shooting last year. He's a career 39.7% shooting uh, shooter in his career. In his last two seasons in Milwaukee, and uh, 42%. The year prior to that, 55.8%. Listen, Javon Carter can out absolutely outright shoot the three ball, right? So you get a player that comes in that 
can absolutely bring that skill that skill that you need of three point shooting can can range the ball is a is really good at assist to turnover ratio as well he doesn't have the the best assist numbers but that really wasn't his role in Milwaukee either so maybe the Bulls are looking at it maybe they feel like they can get a little bit more out of him assist wise now looking at the advanced analytics for um Javon Carter that's where the story kind of gets told a little bit more is it perfect is it one for one no but let's look at this true shooting percentage last season of 56 percent he has a three point um uh rate a three point attempt rate at 59 percent last season but he's coming off four straight seasons prior to that at 67 67 in the last two within 60 percent the year prior what does that mean most of his shots are three point shoot, shooting uh attempts Free throw rate of only 6.7 last year. That puts him towards not the middle of the pack in the NBA, right? Now, where it starts getting a little bit good with him, he has a passer rating of 5.6. Now, when you compare that to a passer rating of somebody like uh, Patrick Beverly, last season he was 7.2. So not it doesn't seem like as a creative of a passer, right? But when you look at the career uh, uh, estimated wins average, he actually looks like he averages about 2.6 wins added by the advanced analytics, whereas Patrick Beverly is 1.04. So what does that mean? That's a lot of advanced stats you can use to mean anything. Javon Carter affects winning. He impacts winning. And while the raw stats isn't, aren't always going to display that, it seems like he does a lot of the things in the, in, the, in the meaningful part of the game that doesn't always translate to the stat sheet. And I think when you look at having a point guard like him and then another guard like Alice Crusoe and what they're able to do at point of attack defense, it's gonna be it's gonna pay off big for the Chicago Bulls. Now, the biggest question for some, I think it's clear, I know not everyone does, is is Javon Carter going to be the starter, right? Only started 48 games in his NBA career, 39 of those coming just last season for the Milwaukee Bucks. So there's that question with him as well. Is he gonna be the starter? Now, I've said this, I've talked to some of you guys in the comments. I know that Kobe White has the higher upside by far, right? But when you look at the way that Kobe White gets his points, Kobe White has to have the ball in his hands. That's when he's most effective, when he's able to make decisions, when almost everything goes through him. That's why his growth as a decision maker helped. Now, unless Billy Donovan is going to change that offensive play style in the starting lineup, I still think that Kobe White is going to come off the bench. I just think because he's allowed to do more to his strengths and even score more. Kobe White isn't going to get the shots in that starting lineup. You have a player like Javon Carter who basically can operate almost exclusively as a three-point shooter. Yes, he can get to the rim some. He can shoot in the mid-range a little bit as well. Um, when you look at it, overall 40, 42% field goal percentage shooting last season. And then in 2021-22, um, he, he shot the ball 50% from the field overall. So there's something to be said with that. I do think that Javon Carter is going to end up being the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls. Does that mean that Kobe isn't still going to have tons of minutes and tons of opportunity off the bench? No, but I do think that that's what's going to end up being the case. And I think that Javon Carter is a better point guard then Kobe White is a point guard but Kobe White is a combo guard that 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 thrives in being able to operate and have the ball in his hand make decisions and kind of break down defenses a little bit more but we'll end up seeing with that I'm not not calling that as like I'm uh, sticking my my uh, my my flag my flag in the in the ground with that or anything but it is something to look out for the Bulls went out and got one of the best point of attack defenders at a position of need at that point guard position and we'll see, right? A solid three-point shooter as well. We'll see how it ends up paying off for the Bulls. I know a lot of people are up and down on that. Now, with that being said, the Bulls are still $11.3 million below the luxury tax. This is still with Io DeSumo uh, and his qualifying offer and cap hold of $5 million. So 
even if they're to re-sign Kobe, I mean, Io DeSumo for, and I know a lot of Bulls fans have asked, is this it for Io? I don't think it is. I think when you look at that qualifying offer being extended, unless he gets a deal and an offer that's in double digits, I still think the Bulls are probably going to bring him back because they can't fill the roster spot if he leaves. Keep that in mind, right? The Bulls still have four roster spots to fill with $11.3 million below the tax. So because of that, I still think that he's going to come back because his money's already factored into that. So we'll end up seeing, but they have $11.3 million, which is basically the exact number when you look at still having $6.1 million left of that mid-level exception. And then they have the biannual exception of $4.5 million. So they still have those assets to add talent to the team and we'll see what they do. The Bulls still have a couple of decisions as well with some players on the roster. When you look at uh, Marco Simonovic, he still has, uh, uh, by Janu- July 7th, they have to make a decision whether to fully guarantee his $1.8 million contract. And then Carly Jones, uh, they have to make a decision on his contract by 10-16, and then his, uh, if he's just going to maintain on that, on that uh, partial guarantee, but then his deal does not become fully guaranteed until January 10th. So... Have some room in that one. I expect Carlick Jones to be back as well, probably with that G League roster. Um, but before we get into the voicemails, I do have something that I want to clarify and add something to. So Bobby Marks tweeted out, and shout out to Troy, Bulls Troy. You guys may know him. Uh, matter of fact, check him out on the podcast, whole lot of bull. But I told him I was going to cover this on today's episode. Is Bobby Marks had a tweet yesterday saying that the Bulls can petition the NBA to get Lonzo Ball's um, salary removed from from their salary cap right and this is different from the career ending injury exception this is also dis- different from the disabled player exception it's it's a slightly different the rules are similar but it but it's slightly different outcomes keep in mind the career ending injury exception is something that Lonzo Ball has to voluntarily basically agree to a medical retirement the salary gets removed from the Chicago Bulls he can try to make a comeback but it, that, that does that does not go back on the Bulls cap even if he does with the petition that the Bulls could file um, the NBA, the Chicago Bulls, and the Players Association would have to agree on a doctor. And if that doctor determines that Lonzo Ball's injury is career ending, it takes about a year to get approved with everything that has to go through. But if if a, a, a doctor agrees, they can get the salary removed from their from their salary cap. But if Zoe plays another game in the NBA, all that money goes back on the bull, on the Bulls' books. That's probably why they haven't used that again. It takes a year to get approved either way. So it wouldn't necessarily impact this free agency at all. It wouldn't impact till next year. But the, the, the threat of that money going back on the Bulls' books, they, keep in mind, if you eliminate that salary, sign somebody for the salary cap space that's then created, and then you find out a year, two down the road, that you're going to get $20 million hit back on your books, it can drastically change the course of a franchise, right? And for those that want to know and look this up, this is actually on page 222 of the CBA, so you guys can go and check that out. All right. Enough of that. I just wanted to get that through. Let's go ahead and get to the voicemails for today. This one, this one's from Oscar. So the headline, so we got Javon Carter, man. I'm actually quite excited about that, man. Guy that plays defense, hard-nosed, a goon on that uh, on the team that's going to stand up, not, let, not, not be pushed around at the point of attack, shoots the three, addresses some of our needs. The Kobe number, I like it, 11 million. Remember, I told you before, I wasn't too happy for the number I was hearing. 14, 15, 16 million dollars. I wasn't happy with that. 11, I'll take that. And then if he gets up to 40, that means he's, you know, he's go, he, he, he broke out and, and we have a six man of the year on our team off, coming off the bench. Um, and then, like I said, Vooch, Theo came under 25, but I told you. So, so far, so good, man. Every, 
now we really need to – these guys are restricted free agents, but D.J. Washington, uh, Grant Williams, we need to add some more toughness, some uh, more wing defenders, people that can shoot. If we could get Grant Williams, P.J. Washington, even Kelly Oubre, I don't – he's not really a shooter, but he's, a, he's another wing, you know. But I, I, I see – I like what we're cooking with here, man. Let, let's see how he finishes this 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 recipe before I, you know, I can say that I'm I'm gonna like the final product. But uh, so far, I like the ingredients, man. Have a good one, man. All right. So good to hear some positivity on the Javon Carter signing and the Kobe White contract. Now you did say mention PJ Washington and Grant Williams. Um, PJ Washington, I doubt the Bulls can afford. Keep in mind, they can't combine their biannual or mid-level exception. So they have they can either offer a contract up to six point one million dollars or a contract on the biannual exception of $4.5 million, and that could be a two-year deal. I don't see either P.J. Washington or Grant Williams accepting a contract that low. Now, could they work out a sign-and-trade, something like that? Possibly, but I, I really doubt that's coming as well. More than likely, that's why you hear, like, uh, Nang's name involved in that, because he's a, a player that probably can accept that. You brought up Kelly Obre. I don't think I think that he's a player that probably is going to get most of the mid-level exception from a team as well. But depending on if he strikes out, that may be a possibility as well. But I just wanted to set that that tone. Like, the Bulls are making moves. And when you kind of see how everything's starting to fit together and the skill set of players, that's where things start working out. I know a lot of pe people are down on the Javon Carter signing, but I think they're not really looking at how it fits in, right? You didn't need a 20-point per game or even somebody that needed 15 shots per game um, in that point guard position. And when you look at the starting lineup and the amount of shots that go on, especially when you when you factor in the, the, the matter that Nikola Vucevic reportedly talked to Billy Donovan about his role and how he's using the offense, and hopefully that changes. If that changes some, you don't need a point guard that's going to take a lot of shots. Javon Carter, over the course of his career, averages 4.8 shots per game, right? And with that, three of those are three-pointers per game. That's what we need. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's for Mr. Riddick. Hey, Mr. Hayes. My name is Mr. Reddick. I'm with my nephew, D. I had an epiphany. Hello? Mm -hmm. I had an epiphany. I'm thinking this boy, Javante Murray, man, he's playing with the Hawks over there. He's a 160 free agent in 2024. Him and Zach Levine come out of the same area. And if we can get rid of Kobe White and bring him over and let Devon Carter be a two guard and let him be the one guard over here and them in the backcourt, I'd like you to put that out on your podcast and tell me what you think about it. Would that work? Would the money matter? Okay. And would that make not, sense? Right. And not just Kobe White, but I think uh, Patrick Williams and Kobe White for DeJounte Murray and something else from Atlanta. I think that'll end up making the money match. But, yeah, that's the idea right there. Yeah, put it out on your podcast. Um, my number is 708-381-9866. If you want to holler at me, give me a call. Look forward to hearing from you. Over and out. All right, well. Um, here's what I'm going to say to, to your, to your, your point here, Mr. Riddick is that the bulls aren't going to trade Patrick Williams or anybody else for somebody that's going to be a free agent next year. And, and as they should, if you think that, that Zach Levine is going to be able to, um, to recruit him, you don't give up future assets from your team. If you can just add him to what you have going on. Now, as far as DeJounte Murray and Jalen Carter at the two, I don't know what you are thinking about that. That's a terrible lineup, but I will say that. Um, if the Bulls next offseason are able to add DeJounte Murray to the team, you don't need to give up anything. The Bulls can have upwards of, I think it's roughly about $32 million in cap space, but that's including if they do something with Lonzo Ball's contract. Um, 
But so we'll see how active they get at that point in time. Signing trades are a thing as well. But I don't think the Bulls are going to be willing to give up Patrick Williams, who they still see a bright future for, for a player that's going to be a free agent. That's my thought. You guys can let me know what you think on that down below as well. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Fred. Hey, what's up, man? This your boy Fred, man. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around, like, why did we sign Boots back and we could have spent that money on getting somebody better? Like, he doesn't, like, I don't know, Boots, he's just one of them big men. He doesn't surprise me. He doesn't wow me, man. Like, we could have got, come on, man. Like, we, we like that Bulls thing, like, I'm at the point, like, I'm so tired of AK and Mark Evans right now. They like the new modern-day version of Garmin and uh, Paxton. And it's asking me to say that because AK have not showed me nothing besides just bringing the Rosen and a cripple uh, Lonzo Ball here. And, and it's like he's content with, with Billy Donovan. Like, like, come on, man. Like, Donovan is a trash-ass coach. He don't know how to use his players. You, he got the guy in the D-League named, uh, what's his name, uh, Marco or whatever, the guy who they compared to Jokic. Like, why not use this man if he's been in the uh, league for three three years and now y'all keeping him up for another year? And when the team snatch him up and, the, and when this guy shows his ass off, that's going to bite the Bulls back in the ass like it always do because every time we have a nice piece that be on the team that we sleep on, the Bulls never use and they go to another team, they shine, and they be looking stupid as hell. But – I, I think, man, we shouldn't sign a uh, boost back, though, man. Let me know what you're thinking, hey. I'll let me. All right, so this is a common misconception, and I understand it. I don't mean this as, like, a slight towards you, Fred, but the way that the NBA salary cap structure works, you cannot take Nik- the money you gave Nikola Vucevic and send it towards another player that's not on your team. The only reason we're able to offer Nikola Vucevic that contract is because he, we have his bird rights because he was already on the team. If we did not re-sign Nikola Vucevic, all we would have is that is the $12.5 million mid-level exception. We would not have the 18.6, I think, is what his base-level contract works out to. It's that first year. We would not have that to offer anybody else. That's why understanding the salary cap is important, and that's what I, I really try to do my best with kind of educating here on, on how the salary cap structure works because I know it's, 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 it's not as clear as it could be, right? So, Fred, we could not take that money and spend it on any other player that's not on the team. We could have taken it and spent it on Kobe, right, because he's also on the team, but we cannot take that money and use it to spend on a free agent that wasn't a Chicago Bull the year prior. We just couldn't have. But, all right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Nico. Yo, what up, Hayes? This is Nico. Uh, I just want to say, man, I think a lot of Bulls fans are really insufferable. They say that we're in basketball hell and basically we in like the worst position we could be in. But I, you mean, you know, you got teams like the Wizards who just blowing their shit up for nothing, basically. And I think that our future is actually brighter than a lot of fans want to admit. I mean, yeah, we don't really have a, we didn't have a pick this year. Ax, everybody was saying Ax should have traded to get a pick. And I mean, he ain't get a first round pick, but he still got a pick. You know what I mean? And th- they're not, they're not satisfied with that. Everybody's talking about trade Zach, trade DeMar. I'm not going to say we shouldn't trade DeMar. I think we should wait for the deadline to do that. But I just think we got some good young players. I know P. Will going to develop into something nice. You know, he only played two full seasons. Kobe, Kobe developed into something nice last year. He ain't the greatest, but he definitely ain't the worst. You know what I mean? So I just think, I just think Bulls fans need to chill out our future a lot brighter than we want to say. Listen, you said it, I didn't, but Bulls fans can be insufferable, but that's every fan base, right? And with the, what, the, the stuff that we've been through as Chicago Bulls fans the last couple of years, I won't be li- lie. I understand it to a degree, right? I don't agree, but I do understand why a lot of Bulls fans are so unhappy, right? 
And ultimately, until the product on the court changes or we or we have a better run, a lot of Bulls fans are going to keep feeling that way. And that's not going to change until they see it. You got to show us. And that's why this was is such a, a critical and important offseason from the front office if they truly want to change the mindset of their fan base. AK said, wait to see what we do in free agency. You got to show us now, AK. You got to show us. And as far as the future being brighter than some think, I, I agree with that. I think that it is. And I think that we don't need, like, yes, we have a hole at point guard. And I think a lot of ne- Bulls fans naturally go to thinking, oh, what star can we get there? We don't necessarily need that, especially if it comes with giving up a ton of assets to get it when we can, I know, unfortunately, Wait until we have some cap space to try to make a maneuver at that point in time. But, hey, we'll see what the future holds for the Chicago Bulls. All right, let's get into the last voicemail. This one is from RW Chi-Town. What's up, hey? It's RW Chi-Town. I'm sitting here thinking about thinking about a lot of what you've been saying about our point guard situation and the type of point guard that we need. And just based off of what you said and just looking at just the past, it seems like with our team, the best type of point guard would be a playmaking, a playmaking point guard that could just get his bucket when he needs to, but is, I guess, mostly giving up the rock. So if we was to have Kobe there and say he improves his shooting and shit like that, I don't know if he would even like that type of play style just with the play style that he already has today. He likes getting his buckets, and I don't want to hold him back from getting his buckets because we need him. But with him trying to get buckets, I could see maybe a few shots, well, a few passes, you know, being let up. So thinking about the targets that you've been choosing, who you've been saying would be a nice pickup, I think maybe Javon Carter wouldn't be a bad pickup. My only problem with dude is he's kind of old, but if he's just getting a rock and setting everybody up, Kobe could still come in with that second unit and everybody fresh legs and just running it up on the, on the next second unit. But that's only if, you know, Kobe doesn't improve. So let me know what you think about Javon Carter. I know you talked about this before, but, hey, let's just bring it back. Called it on Javon Carter, brother. That's all I can say. You called it on Javon Carter. Uh, great pickup, I think, by the, by the Chicago Bulls. And I think that, you know, it makes sense with what exactly our needs were realistically and the assets that we had available. You got to keep in mind that with that, too. You only have the assets that you have available. And so the Bulls didn't have true cap space. We don't have a lot of future assets that we want to trade because we gave up so many recently. Right. We don't have the players with the big name contracts that like absorb a Bradley Bill contract or anything like that. We just didn't have that at our disposal. So because of that, the Bulls are making the moves that they can, and we'll see how those pay off for the Chicago Bulls. But all right, that's it for the day one after free agency, the free agency hangover, so to say. You guys make sure you can continue to follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.